This is Mike Perkins, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to episode 129 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm Rick Fabanis. I'm your host today, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there, that is one Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Dirty babe. You see these shackles, baby. I'm your slave. Uh-huh. I'll let you whip me if I misbehave. Uh-huh. It's just that no one makes me feel this way. Uh-huh. Take him to the chorus. Uh, Rick, that's the podcast we do on Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, did I get that mixed up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Tuesday night. This is the night we do the Captain America comic book fans podcast. Oh, the PG one. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. What's that all about, Rick? Well, Bob, I'm bringing sexy back. <laughs> you are. I've been yeah. saying that for since we started on this road. <laughs> what, 27 episodes ago. Uh, do you remember that song by Justin Timberlake? I vaguely remember it. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm I don't bringing know sexy yeah. back. Usually when I hear it, I turn it off because I've already got it. So, yeah? Oh, yeah. okay. I yeah. got you. Yeah. VIP. Yeah, drinks, oh, yeah. on, drinks on me. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Justin Timberlake. That was a, a top 10 song in what year, Bob? Oh, no. You're going to do that? Was it 2006? I, yeah. I don't know. It was, Bob. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's like almost like you're starting to pay attention after 120-some <laughs> episodes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it was actually song number nine on Billboard's top 10 uh, hits of uh, 2006. So that was Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. So we are covering today Captain America Volume 5, issues 15, 16, and 17. And so those came out in 2006. And I thought those lyrics were also a little appropriate because it talks a little bit about this babe and shackles and whipping and misbehaving and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, we're going to get into that. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about this, Rick. You know, we're, we're going through some changes down here uh, where I live and uh, now some of these things can, uh, can get me in trouble. Um, oh these are, yeah. These sort of adult themed uh, episode. So uh, I got to mm. be careful here. There's no children in the room. Hold on. Let me look. Nope. He's gone. Okay. Okay. Good. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I know if uh, for people who were listening last episode and they were like, wait, <clears throat> I I thought you guys said you were only going to cover Captain America, volume five, number 15. We're getting two extra issues. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. Yeah. And the reason being is um, when value. I, when I read added. <laughs> that's right uh when i read issue 15 i was like uh-oh there's no captain america in this issue oh that's right yeah i mean i i i knew that i just thought we were really going off the beaten path for this one well we wanted to cover these issues because we haven't been back to volume five in almost two years mm -hmm. right yeah we have to go back to episodes 19 and 21 for the last time we covered volume five last and only time. And that was actually a two-parter. Uh, we covered the, the winter soldier story. That's right. That parts one through six. And we had to break it up into two different episodes. And just to really give people an idea how far back it was, 
we were doing that right around the same time as Falcon and Winter Soldier came out on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's right. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So we we've we've been putting off doing volume five because a lot of these are really, you know, long six part, eight part, ten part stories. And, you know, no one wants to hear me that much on in one episode. So uh we and we already have one uh, uh you know what we're doing with Castaway and Dimension Z as far as a continuation. So so we've been putting it off. But you know, you know what they say a uh nothing spurs um a uh movement like a deadline right right nothing spurs getting into volume five like having a guest appear on our show the very next episode so we're going to tell you right now next episode in episode 130 coming back to the show is artist mike perkins wow he does he have a bad memory he's willing (laughs) to come back on i guess yeah yeah awesome yeah, yeah, we're, we're very excited to have Mike back on the show. Uh, and he's also a friend of the the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. He occasionally posts in there. And what he's been doing lately, I've been noticing, is he's been voting. He's been voting in our Cap Madness bracket. Uh, and so if you haven't been on the Facebook page, check it out, because um, this is our third annual Cap Madness uh, that takes place in March and early April. And this one is Favorite captain america writers and so we started with 32 captain america writers and we are just now like if you're listening today on the day it comes out this today is the last day to vote in the sweet 16 Mm. and then starting uh on friday march 31st we kick off the elite eight wow Wow, it's been a lot of fun so far. A lot of uh, a lot of interesting comments, uh, you know, justifications for voting one way or the other. It's been great. I thought you were going to say Captain America's favorite sandwich because that mm. was my suggestion. You know, you came up with this whole writing. I thought Captain America's favorite sandwich would have been a great March Madness, but it was really hard coming up with that many sandwiches. So, yes, well, that's because we all know it would have been a uh, like an American cheese sandwich. American cheese, right? Right. Oh no, I don't want to get an argument started on the Facebook. <laughs> you just you just threw the gauntlet down. Uh, we're gonna... It's pastrami on rye. Well, you know, his bologna, <laughs> his bologna has a first name. <laughs> you know. But yeah. yeah, all right, we'll have to keep that, you know, we'll we'll keep that in mind for 2024. Okay, great, great. All right. So speaking of the Elite Eight, right? We're getting down to the Elite Eight. Who in your mind should be in the elite eight based on how you think things are going to vote, how, how, how they're going to go. We don't know. We're two weeks ahead right now. Yeah. Right. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Are you asking me? Are you asking me I'm to asking be a, you. A, a prognosticator? All right. How about this? I'll give you my eight right. and then you can, you can tell me which ones you think yay or nay. All right. Okay. So on the, on the, we have a red side and a blue side, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. So on the red side, my elite eight that I am predicting Mark Grunewald mm-hmm. versus Jack Kirby. Okay. Steve Englehart yeah. versus JM Uh-huh. Now on the blue side, we have Mark Wade yep. versus Roger Stern. Yep. And Stan Lee versus Ed Brubaker. Yep. 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 Now I'm going to, 
those are the ones that I'm thinking are going to make the elite eight. What do you think, Bob? No, I hundred percent agree with that. I, I can't really see it going any other way. Um, you know, there's a lot of other favorites out there. Folks have made strong arguments in favor of, of you know, so you have a dark horse, um, dark horse. I, I don't think so. Cause you know, I, I just think it's the nature of the game, Rick. I think, you know, uh, there is, uh, you know, obviously sentimental favorites and you marry that with, uh, just the, you know, the volume of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for, you know, it's hard for some of these one-off authors who've done great jobs, right? I mean, you know, like we talked about uh, Jenkins or even, you know, the current writers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lansing and Kelly, they, they, they've, they've written great work, but they just, they don't have the volume and they're not yet the sentimental favorites. So I think it's hard to break into that, that, uh, that top bracket, those top brackets for many of them. So, all right, I've got, I've got a dark horse that I'm going to throw out there. All right. Meaning that it's a lower seed beating a, a higher seed. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, or is that is that how it is? You wouldn't know. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Can we anyway. talk about sandwiches? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to throw out the dark horse. Ready? All right. Joe Simon beats out Stan Lee because they go head to head. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, the thing is, I, that could be, I, you know, if, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. And I, you know, and I, and the reason is, I just don't think most people are that familiar with uh, his writing. Now, he, maybe maybe in just our as group, sentimental in in our group, Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. I mean, like that, these that, these are our people. That's what they, I'm saying. They know who uh, Joe Simon is. They do, but I'm saying they're not that familiar with his his. You know, the first what 10 issues of, of captain america comics from 1941 and 1942 i just i don't think that resonates i mean i think there's a sentimental nature yes, to it sentimental right? I, I totally think that would win out yeah but familiarity with with the writing i don't think so i don't think most people have even read those stories maybe right. maybe captain america comics number one all right i'm gonna to toss you a bone here all right you ready for this all right i'm gonna give you a dark horse that you can pick okay Roy Thomas over Steve Englehart. <laughs> now, here's the thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, here's the thing. Roy only wrote a few issues of Captain America, right? I mean, his his claim to fame. And, you know, quite honestly, um, you know, they're not that well known. Um, and so I mean, he's more well known for the invaders and for the what if. So... Yeah, could that put him over the top? I don't know. I I think people have a real affection for that 1950s cap um, mm-hmm. um, tale, that that arc. No, okay, I agree. I I totally yeah. think Steve Englehart's going to get more votes. Yeah, uh, but that's the fun part. That's the fun part. And like you said, we get to see people's uh, justifications, reactions, or they're tossing up, you know, uh, trying to sway people. So mm-hmm. I I it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Always I mean, I tried, right? I mean, I, uh, what was it with that? Was it Lee versus, uh, uh, Jenkins, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there was some spirited, uh, conversation debate, if you will, um, over that matchup and, uh, good arguments on both sides, I think. So it, it is, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to, to dive deep into some of these. Yeah. I voted for a, a dark horse. Uh, I, I voted for, um, David Anthony Kraft, Dak mm-hmm. versus Jack Kirby. Yeah, I, I did because I 
I really enjoyed those yeah. stories. Uh, and we covered we covered the. I'm not sure the I cap, voted cap, on that one yet. The the Captain America, uh, Spider Man, you yeah. know, story. We remember we covered that yeah. with, with yeah. Nick Fury, you know, and and uh, there's he he wrote some really good Howler story, you know, mm -hmm. Nick Fury and Howling Commando stories. Anyway, I I don't I enjoyed his stuff. Yeah, yeah. I knew he wasn't going to win, but sometimes no, just... I, it, yeah. But I mean, if you really drilled down into it, there were some I, there were some conversations I think in in the Facebook about that particular matchup and in particularly in favor of of, of Jack Kirby and um, you know as you know Jack Kirby you know wrote some of the early stories when Cap first came out of the ice and then came back later on um, in the mm -hmm. series and. And so there's some arguments for or, or against, you know, th those contributions. Uh, there's certain things about the earlier stories that irked me, you know, in terms of, of writing. And, and, and then that second, when he returned, you know, the fact that it was so disconnected from everything else for the most mm -hmm. part was also, in my view, a little bit of a detractor. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you really take the time, you can really come up with some pros and cons, you know, that can take you in either direction. And that's the fun part. Yeah. All right, so check out check out the the Facebook group. Make sure to vote. Every, a new poll goes up every day at twelve noon Eastern time. You have two different writers to vote from. So we're today is the last day for Sweet Sixteen. We take a day off, recalibrate the votes. We get Elite Eight starting on Friday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Bob. So let's get to um, the comic book that we're covering today. It is uh, Ed Brubaker is the writer and Mike Perkins is the uh, the artist, uh, both the penciler and inker. And it, it's a there's a one part story and then there's a two part story. So we're going to do all three together. Uh, Perkins does the art for all three. Brubaker does the, the writing for all three. And this it features villain crossbones, everybody's favorite. Uh, you know, and uh, arch enemy of, of Captain America. And then it also involves Cynthia Schmidt. Now, Cynthia Schmidt is, is perhaps one of the most convoluted Captain America villains that we have. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we go back to when she was introduced. And so she was introduced um what was it uh captain america right? 290 yeah. right yeah. right back in um it was 1983 now jm de was the the writer uh ron friends was the was the penciler and cynthia schmidt was this the, the daughter 
of the Red Skull. And, you know, he wanted to have a male heir. And here he has a daughter. So he's about to kill the daughter. Um, there is a, a woman who convinces him to let her raise him or raise uh, Cynthia. And then she would um, raise him, raise her to be evil like the Red Skull. <laughs> and so that a real doctor, Dr. Evil vibe when you said evil. I could just real like, evil Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> evil preschool. <laughs> Zip it. Uh, so anyway, so, and, and we'll get some of this in the flashbacks of this story. Right. But when I say it gets convoluted and we talked to, to this uh, uh, with JM Demetrius, we had him on, on the show. Um, and I, you know, it was a great interview. I, I highly recommend people check it out. It was episode 13. And he talked about his entire Captain America run. And and, I, and we did talk a little bit about Sin. And so he, she was um, put into a machine to advance her age from a uh, like a preteen uh, or maybe teen uh, to uh, a woman, you know, probably a early mid twenties. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, given some powers, you know, or she could do, she could levitate, she could go through walls. She had some other powers as well and named her mother superior. And so mother superior was part of, uh, that last story arc by JM Damateus, which was the red skull is dying. He's aging. Uh, and he wants to take out his greatest foe. So that was the impetus to um, advance the age of his daughter so that he would have, a, a, you know, potentially an heir. And so uh, th those issues, I, I was like um, issues 290 to 301 mm -hmm. that she was in. And then she kind of goes away. And then Mark Grunewald brings her back. I think it was issue 355. And we talked about this because she was de-aged again. She was a teenager. And at this point, she was no longer Mother Superior. She was Sister Sin. Mm -hmm. And she ran, just like the other uh, Sisters of Sin that Mother Superior ran, now she runs these teenage versions. So they all, they all got de-aged back to where they were. And then there was a story where, where Cap gets de-aged to, to go, you know, runaway teenage uh, problem. And, you know, we yeah. talked about that with Al Milgram. Al Milgram was the, was the penciler, uh, the artist on that at the time. And um, we covered that in episode 73. So if anyone wants to listen to Al Milgram's interview, but those were issues 355 through 357. And then she kind of goes away. She does. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah. so, she she apparently she was captured by shield and taken to their re-education facility where they attempted to reprogram her into a normal american girl and give her some false memories and um and then we get to the ed brubaker run and so that kind of brings us up to speed a little bit on this convoluted history of this complicated character and how i think ed brubaker brought her into a modern time tale less less superhero-y you yeah. know super powered and more realistic yeah. which was 
the 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 look, the feel that he was going for right. in this whole Captain America series. Yeah, got rid of the funky costumes, right? Yeah, the Mother Superior and the superpowers. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. All right, so Bob, let's get to uh, issue fifteen. And I, as I mentioned before, um, this is uh, written by Ed Brubaker and penciled and inked by Mike Perkins. Um, and he also did the cover on this particular uh, one. Well, maybe you could take the listeners through through the cover. What do we see? Yeah. Here? All right. Well, it looks to be a um, a campaign poster from World War II. And it's got, um, you know, it's got soldiers and sailors uh, on the cover. And then in the foreground, we see, uh, and of course, the, the, the campaign poster says, uh, together, we win, go get them mm -hmm. cap. And in the foreground in color, because the rest of the poster is in, in black and white, is, uh, is cap. And he's got his shield in his right hand raised above his head and his left uh, hand is clenched in a fist and he, he, you can almost see him, you know, yelling, rallying the troops to follow him. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but there's a number of daggers sticking out of the poster itself. So, so the poster's on a wall of some sort, it's pinned up. And then there are, I don't know, four or five daggers uh, sticking out of the poster as if somebody's using it for practice, throwing knife practice. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool cover. Uh, I, I, I want to say this was the only cover that Mike Perkins did for, for this series. I mean, he, he did a bunch of interiors, I think between issues eight and 36, he did probably like 21 cap comics. So he had a nice little run. Some of it was inking uh, a bunch of penciling, but I, I, I want to say this is the only cover he did, but I, I could be wrong. And, 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 and if you go into Marvel unlimited, they actually listed as Steve Efting doing the cover. And I think the very first time I posted it in our Facebook group, because, you know, I do those daily flashbacks. Right? Yeah. I think Mike corrected me. He goes, no, no, uh, I'm I was the artist. But of course, Mike is a true, uh, a true gentleman. Yeah. And so he was, uh, you know, very nice and polite about yeah. it uh, right, in his right. in yeah. his uh, very, you know, proper British way. Uh, yes. uh, a true gentleman. Uh, pleasure to talk to. I can't wait to talk to him next week. Yeah. All right, you know, be, uh, and I also just want to finish out the, the creators on this. So um, the colorist is Frank De Armada. Now, I think that is worth mentioning the fact that, and when we had Tom Brevoort on, we asked him about the, because he was the editor for the series at the time. Um, we asked him about what was the purpose, um, like about getting the different artists um, like and and trying to get them all to have a, a, a similar look and feel. And he did mention that he thought that the colorist, Frank Dermada, really helped with that by having a consistent colorist. Right. Uh, it really tied everything in, no matter who the penciler or inker was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was clearly successful. I mean, if you read through this volume, um, even as the even as the pencilers change, uh, you do get like a sense of continuity. Right. hundred percent. Letter is Joe Caramanga. We've heard that name plenty of times. And as I mentioned, the editor being Tom Brevoort. So they had a release date of February 22nd in 2006, but it has a cover date of April. And I think I, I'm probably going to do a little bit of a recap here, Bob. Um, mm. Just to 
just to get people up to speed. Now, I highly recommend go listen to episodes 19 to 21 for the Winter Soldier story that gets you all the way up to this point. But but if you don't have the time uh, and you just want a quick recap, uh, I'm just going to take you through the end of the Winter Soldier, the conclusion to that story, which happened in the previous uh, issue. So the Falcon and Cap go on a, their final mission to go after the Cube, and it leads them to a flight between Winter Soldier and Cap. Now, Cap tries to reason with Bucky, but, you know, it doesn't work out. So Steve picks up the Cosmic Cube and he asks Bucky to remember who he really is. Now, Bucky remembers all that he's done as a Winter Soldier. So this really hits him hard. And then he grabs the cube and he shatters it, which leaves this, you know, giant explosion. And everybody believes the Winter Soldier is dead. But Cap, Cap still holds out hope that his former partner and best friend is alive. And as the issue ends, we do find that Bucky is alive. He's at the military camp where he first met Cap. And we also find Alexander Lukin. Now, he was uh, the person who was working with the Skull and um, and he's speaking with the Red Skull, who was killed, by the way, by Winter Soldier in the very beginning of the series, of the volume. And now Lucan's talking to the Skull, who's now stuck in Lucan's head as our curse to be stuck together. So that brings us up to speed. Nice. Good recap. So the next, like, four pages are of a, looks like a, a black and white reel of old footage during World War II. So we get to see Captain America in action going up against uh, the Nazis. And so we see this depiction of these battle scenes going on for the next four pages, but we hear a voices going back and forth talking about it as they're watching the fight. See? Just look at him. No hesitation at all. Practically smiling, even. Why, why shouldn't he smile? He's, he's trying to save the world from Nazis. You think that's why he's smiling? Nah, he's smiling because he's a total jerk. A jerk about to ruin the plans of a great man. Great man. Yeah, right. I guess Caligula was a great man, too. Some would say that. Yeah, but the Red Skull? He was in a whole nother league than that crazy bleep. The Red Skull. He made fear. Kill him. All out terror. He made it an art. See, this is what you don't get because those sons of a beep messed your head all around. All that American way crap, truth and justice and all, that's a load. Just like everything else in this crummy world. Just another way to control the masses. Get them all juiced up thinking they could be rich and famous. Just like the people they see on TV. Meanwhile, all the real power... It's way out of their hands. Oh, and, and fascism's better then? Not better, maybe, but more honest at least. It didn't pretend to value human life while making that life a whole hell of a lot worse off. But the skull, he was bigger than fascism. 
He used it to get his power, but that was just his means to his real end. Which was what? To wrap his fist around the whole freaking world and squeeze it till it bleeds. To mash it to pieces and bash out the smiling teeth of guys like Captain America. Him and all the other puppets who wrecked it all for him in the war. I'm glad they wrecked it. I hate him. You should, girl. More than most anyone I ever met. But that doesn't change the fact that you're Cynthia Schmidt and that he was your daddy. No, he was not. And we cut from these scenes of Cap and Bucky and soldiers going up against Red Skull and the Nazis fighting back and forth to Crossbones standing there with his arms folded behind a young girl who is strapped to a chair and a projector going off next to him. And they're looking to be in a very dark room with uh, with a brick wall. Bob, for those who uh, maybe aren't familiar with Crossbones, what's he look like? Oh, he's a big dude, right? Uh, he He's a gigantic, muscular dude. And of course, he dresses all in black. So he's got black pants on and black boots. He's got... Yeah. One of those things that I like the knee protectors, you know, uh, I wear them when I garden, uh, but you know, <laughs> I don't think crossbones is like, I don't think Brock's a, a gardener. So no. I think, you know, they're, uh, they protect your kneecaps when you're, you know, down in a prone position firing. He's got, of course, you know, his black belt on with a holster and he's got all kinds of pouches, uh, you know, and a mm -hmm. knife. And of course he's got a black t-shirt and a black leather jacket. And, uh, and he's wearing that jacket like I used to back in the 80s. Oh, he had the sleeves uh, rolled up. Sleeves are pushed up above the <laughs> yeah, above the elbows, right? Uh -huh. He's got his members only jacket. Uh, and then of course his his mask, right? His his uh, iconic mask, which is a black skull cap with uh with it looks uh, like a white cross pattern across mm -hmm. the front and sewn up lips. It's a very uh what was is it lucha lucha the Mexican oh sure yeah lucha you know it's a, yeah. like the Mexican yeah. wrestlers right nacho a, lucha yeah yeah nacho lucha <laughs> nacho <laughs> yeah one of my favorite all time movies right nacho libre I watched you know it, what uh, I, I that might have come out in two thousand six yeah, maybe oh my gosh what a great movie my son I, every time I make enchiladas or tacos or something we have tortilla uh -huh. chips. Yeah, my, my 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 son always goes. It's the Lord's chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Love this movie. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It did. It came out in two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? How about that synchronicity? Yeah, um, I like. I I I think Mike Perkins is outdoing himself on this particular page because. The amount of detail into uh, the clothing. I mean, the wrinkles in the clothing. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. detail on the wall with the bricks. Yep. Right? I yeah. Mean, Shadowing. Uh, uh, just everything. It, yeah. It's, it's a feast for the eyes. Just as the previous four pages were. Yeah. I yeah. mean. I know. I, I kind of went through them art. quick. Yeah. I mean, some of the best. I mean, all in black and white. All this newsreel footage or or old World War II footage of Cap and, and Bucky. And it, it is some of the most, you know, eye-pleasing art with Cap in it that I've ever seen. Yeah, good stuff. Well, maybe that will, might be uh, up for your favorite panel. Who knows? All right, what's the, name, what's the title of this uh, story, Bob? Red is the darkest color. Mm, is that true? 
I, I don't know. I'm colorblind. Oh, nah, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. And even though he treated you like a redheaded stepchild, you used to see the world his way. And I ain't giving up till you see it that way again. And he pulls down the back of her hair and she yells. Bob, do you know the expression redheaded stepchild? I do. I've heard it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I use that expression actually more often than probably I should. You should. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people at work are like, what? Really? They're like, yeah. Like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Cause like I saw, I was like, you know, sometimes I feel like a redheaded stepchild. I don't get any, no one's paying attention. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I, I do remember a few years ago, I accidentally said that to someone with red hair <laughs> and they were like, I was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, oh. oh, where does that come from? I don't know. I know what it. I know what it means, but surely it must. Yeah, it means somebody ignored, right? Yeah, and, and, right. Uh, abused or ignored or generally ignored. Yeah. 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 Are you looking uh, it up right now? I am. I was wondering <laughs> what the you know where that idiomatic expression came from. I mean, it must be based on something. Indeed. Oh, so, okay. Never mind. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Is is this kind of like the the last no. time when we did the? Uh, hey, what is a? Yeah, ten, no, no. It's not. A, it's, it doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't have a you know a, 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 a sexual uh, origin, but it does uh, have a racist one. Mm. So uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it, it's evolved over time. It wasn't always redheaded stepchild. Oh, so, okay. Interesting. All right, we'll leave it alone. Yeah. So um, he pulls her. And by the way, I'm going to tell everybody this particular issue. It's a little hard. So it's not easy to go through. There's torture. And it is uh, a male, abu a very large male ab abusing a very you know small female. And right. uh, it is not for the faint of heart. And so uh, we obviously want to give you a warning if you want to fast forward maybe 20 minutes or so 15 20 minutes and we'll get to the next part but but it, it is a it is a you know a brutal a brutal story yeah and you know it's interesting rick that this was this was just a regular marvel comic right not not like the max you know right right well i mean expect. yeah i mean this is way way past comics code authority ending too yeah so he pulls her up from the chair by her hair and she's yelling stop it leave me alone he's like i've been telling you for two weeks you weak little nothing you want this to end and he smacks her you gotta stop me and she's on the on the floor bleeding show me a little bit of the old sin please I, i'll do whatever you want just don't hit me again wrong answer and kicks her God, you'd be sick if you could see yourself. The real you, I mean. Begging me to stop? The Cynthia Schmidt I knew, she didn't even feel pain. Why not? Because it was practically all she ever knew. And so they cut to a flashback of the Isle of Exiles many years ago. Bob, what? what, what? What's the Isle of Exiles? Where do I know that from? Well, it's 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 right across the streets from the Isle of Misfit Toys, Rick. So, <laughs> uh, way way, but what is it? Was it like issue one hundred six? 
six or maybe know. like 102, 103. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. in that first, that first, you know, five or six issues. Of, I don't remember. Of, yeah. Of Cap volume one when it first launched. Yeah, that was, you know, that Skull's little island base with all his ne'er do well, uh, you know, lackeys, uh, mm-hmm. which I, uh, unfortunately I can't think of their names off the top of my head, but I do remember the one guy in his little re- moving wheelchair. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the other guy was like a whip. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was the idea. They all had a different so. weapon. Like one yeah, guy had a metal right. claw. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Very 60s. Um, and it's also, also, isn't that where uh, Steve met the Falcon, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 Different side. So, so it's a very stormy uh, night, you know, rain, thunder and lightning. And there's the Red Skull holding a baby girl on a cliff and the ocean is crashing up to the cliff. And even, even the tree is bare. Like it's a very desolate place. And the red skull picks up the crying baby girl over hands him, holds him over her, his head. And he's about to throw her into the ocean. Nine, my heir will not be a girl. Her skull, please, I beg you, do not kill her. She is still from your blood, Her skull. How dare you speak to me, wench? Forgive me. I know it's not my place, and I know you wanted a son, but you are the Red Skull. Any offspring of your bloodline must surely be destined for greatness. A looks at her. And if you would allow me, I will raise this child myself and make sure that she is worthy of our great father. You are the Scarbo woman, yes? One of Gruing's people. Yes, Heraskel, Susan Scarbo. My brother and I have served the masters of this island since before they discovered you. And now, as always, I am your service. Hmm. Well, the brat must not have an easy life. Just as I suffered through childhood, so must she. And he hands over the crying baby. Of course, my liege, she'll know misery and anger and hate until she doesn't even recognize them. She will be a terror. Then I will spare her for now. And if you please me with your work, you may have a future of your own at my side someday. Nothing would please me more. But for now... You will be the night mother to this R. And when I see her next, I had better see blood in her eyes. And so Brock Crossbones is escorting Sin Cynthia out of one room down a hallway to somewhere else. You're crazy. This is all all of it's crazy. That's not my life. I was born in a hospital in Washington. I was, no, what's crazy is you buying in some kind of shield reprogramming, trying to take a killer and make her a cheerleader. And he throws her up against the wall. I'm telling you the hard facts. Your daddy was fit to snuff you out at birth. Mother Knight hadn't stepped in, you'd be at the bottom of the ocean. Stop it. I- I'm not listening to this anymore. Fine with me. Take some time. Think about your situation. And he throws her into a room and asks, why the hell I'd be putting all this effort in you if you were just some kid whose parents got killed in a train wreck? 
I'm not a man who likes to waste time, girl. And he closes the door in the darkness. And she just lays there in a fetal position, crying. And then she starts to think and have a flashback. And it's of a shield agent holding her down while another one, like a, a doctor of some sort, holds a needle. And they're, it's from her point of view, looking up at the two of them. She must be on a table because there's a light down on her as well. And she's resisting them. He's like, and the doctor's like, what is she, 90 pounds? She's a little girl, agent. The only little girl I see here is you, doctor. Where's the damn taser? How do little girls taste, I wonder? Sugar and spice? And she's choking them. But finally they tase her. And she passes out. But then she wakes up from this flashback. No, this is all wrong, Erica. You're not who he says. It's a mistake. It's all a terrible mistake. And someone's going to come. They're going to come and save you. They have to. And then we cut a little bit later. And Bob, it's like the cover. It is. Yeah, it's it's the campaign poster from World War II uh, pinned to a, uh, a post um, pillar in uh, in this dungeon or wherever they're they're at yeah and there's a, a dagger being thrown and some's hitting some are missing see like that what do you expect i've never thrown a knife before not even played darts no try again we're not leaving this room until you hit it what if i just stab you instead and she points the knife up at his chest baby i'd love to see you try but we both know that ain't happening. Maybe you can't do this because you're younger now. You were better with knives when you were growing up, but you were more vicious as a kid. So now this person I'm supposed to be ages backwards? Is she from another dimension too? Don't be a moron. Nobody ages backwards. You got your age sped up. You were like nine years old or something, and the skull was almost proud of what you were growing into. You were a brutal little beast of a girl. A royal terror. It was starting to look like maybe you'd be a decent heir after all. Until he found out he was dying. So, he got a scientist to figure out a way to make you grow up faster. He sat in some machine for a few weeks. And went from a kid barely in her teens to a full-grown woman. Pretty hot one, too. Gross. Anyway, while you were being speed-grown, this machine was teaching you everything the skull wanted you to know. Sending stuff right into your head, showing you his version of the world. And when they finally woke you up, you were bad to the bone and loyal to the skull. But he was practically at death's door, and you were going to see he got his due before he died. And then you were going to take his place. So what happened? Why am I not like 30 or whatever? Ah, it all went wrong. You weren't good enough. Failed him. Just like his all, all his other servants. S.H.I.E.L.D. got their hands on you, but they didn't know how old you were supposed to be, so they de-aged you back into a teenager. Then Mother Knight busted you out, and you and her raised hell for a couple of years. Until the skull came back. Came back? From the dead? Yep. Got his man Zola to bring him back in some kind of clone. I never got all the details. I is he... 
Can he do that again? Nah. Zola's lab got hit by AIM or Hydra or someone last year. Destroyed anything worth a damn. And Zola ain't been seen since. You should be happy he can't come back this time anyway. Because he'd take one look at you and he'd try to chuck you off a cliff all over again. He'd spit in your face first, too. Because you're so damn weak. Stop it. Shut up. Because you ain't fit to be his daughter. Shut up. And she throws the knife. And it goes right into the poster into Cap's face. Well, not so bad at this after all, see? And then she dives at him with her with her other dagger. But he just hits her, hits her down, and then he punches her. You starting to remember it all now, girl? Is that what's going on? Am I getting through? Let me go. Just please, let me go. Damn it. You want to be set free? Fine. We'll make a deal. And he grabs her hair and pulls her, drags her into another room, and he opens the door. You put this poor sucker out of his misery, and I'll let you go. And there's a guy, uh, like strapped to a chair with something, you know, tape over his mouth. She's like, what? Who is that? What? This idiot. Night watchman at a place I needed to get into last night. Thought he might have come in handy for your education. This is crazy. You're crazy. I can't kill someone. Not even to buy your freedom. And she's crying. She looks down. No. I, I, no. All right. And he pulls out his pistol and he shoots the guy in the chair. No. You didn't have to do that. I gave you a chance to do it yourself. What are you crying about? He was always a dead man. I hate you. I hate you so, God. And he just nails her and punches her in the face. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. So, I guess she's unconscious, but she wakes up with her face down in water as he's taking her and dunking her head into a water bed, into a, well, it looks like a, a tub full of water. And then he pulls her up and she gasps for air. You know your dad, the skull? He's the only person I ever respected in this whole damn world. And he dunks her again. I used to think that someday, you and me, we might give him a real air. And he pulls her up. Wait, wait. And he dunks her again. But you really are much a failure as a skull thought. See, because I know you're in there somewhere, Cynthia. I know you're in there. But you're let these scum suckers break you. Let them turn you to someone else. Someone useless. And he pulls her up. I always thought maybe you could be more. But I guess your daddy knew best. He should have drowned you at birth. And he puts her head back down. And she goes unconscious to dark. And then she starts to see images. And it's the red skull. She's coming along fine, I'm sure, but she'll always be too weak for my purposes. All women are too weak. And we see Captain America fighting through his goons. What the hell do you do, her skull? And a look comes over her face, Bob. What would you describe that look as? 
uh, you know, it's it's a it's it's like three panels in succession, Rick. Right. So the mm -hmm. first one, as you said, shows her her waking up. She's on the ground, and we see that her hands are untied. And then in the in the middle one, she has her her left hand up against her face, and it's it's almost like she's a, a recognition has dawned on her. And then in the third panel, you see her 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 um you know her eyes have shifted, and she's looking off to the right, you know, as if she's now thinking of something else or somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we cut to the next page and we cut to Brock Rumlow. I say that because he has his crossbones costume off and he's laying down in bed and he's got uh, the covers up over him and he's snoring. And then Cynthia comes up with a knife at his throat and it wakes him up and his eyes open. You shouldn't leave knives around if you're planning to torture a girl, Brock. And she's appears to be naked with a, like a blanket wrapped around her. Didn't think you'd have the guts to use any of them. And she gets on top of him and straddles him. Your face is different. Your father's surgeons fixed it up a while back. You planning to kill me? You've more than earned it with your pathetic attempts at deprogramming. You're here, ain't you? Yeah, I am. Back to paint this world red. And then she leans over and starts to kiss him. Okay. Yowzers. Yeah. What'd you think of that? That, uh, that was, what do you think? All right. What'd you think, Bob? It was, as you said, a very brutal issue. I mean, mm -hmm. there were no holds barred. Uh, Brock was beating her down on several occasions. I mean, very clear uh, depiction of violence. Yes. Uh, it, and as you said, I mean, there were a lot of complaints about this issue when it mm -hmm. first came out because of the of the way it depicted violence, particularly uh, a guy Brock's size and a, against a woman. But um it's a compelling beginning mm -hmm. to this story. Uh, and, and I love the way uh, Brew Baker has, has woven in her backstory uh, in flashbacks. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great, great issue. And it's drawn so beautifully, even in spite of, of you know, the violence it depicts. I agree 100%. And I, I, with everything you said, and I would add to that, I think it's a really interesting retcon you know of well you know what okay maybe retcon's the wrong story because mm. he he's not taking away anything that happened in the past right but he is taking it into a whole different level right as far as this cynthia schmidt character she's nothing like mother superior or sister sin yeah and i i think that's really cool i, I, I do I, too. I think what brubaker's done here is really interesting yeah, it's a very uh, she's she's now a, a, a very realistic. Um, and I say that because, you know, honestly, I, 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 you know, <laughs> occasionally I have these debates with uh, not debates, but conversations with comic fans, particularly older ones who seem to really struggle with, you know, uh, a woman uh, being physical mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a fight with a man and being able to hold her toe and and uh, 
hold her own, hold her own, <laughs> not hold her mm-hmm. toe. And, um, you know, <laughs> that's, the way, a di- that's a different podcast, Bob. Right. Yeah. It's a different podcast, but the way, you know, sin is now, uh, or has been since Brubaker took her over depicted, uh, she is, she can hold her own, you know, yeah. she's small, mm-hmm. she's young, but she's tough as nails and she's vicious. That's the key. Yeah. All right. So let's get to issue 16 and the creative team is the same as before. Brubaker, Perkins, Dea Marta, Karamanga, and Brevoort. So we have that same creative team. This does have a cover date of May 2006. It hit the, it hit the stands March 22nd of 2006, Bob. So that, so that would be 17 years ago, uh, almost this week, Bob. That's uh, that's a long time, Rick. I was still optimistic about the world. Yeah. Bob, <laughs> Bob, I had my comic book store when this was on the shelf. Oh I can't gosh. believe it was 17 years ago. That's that's something. That's huh? crazy. Is that right? Wow. It seems like just yesterday, right? It's 17 years since I, it does. It really doesn't seem that long ago. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. So, Bob, take us through this cover. Now, this cover is by Steve Epting. It is. It is. It's another, it's a, you know, it's a great cover though. Right. I mean, it's, uh, it's got uh, a white background. Uh, it's got, uh, of course, crossbones in the background and mm-hmm. uh, we see him, uh, really from the waist up. And then he's got, he's, he's got two forty fives, one in each hand, you know, uh, and in front of him, we see uh shields helicarrier, mm-hmm. uh, and some other aircraft flying around on the ground. We see a ground battle going on. Uh, between uh, looks to be shield agents and aim uh, troops. Mm -hmm. And then in the foreground, we see uh, Captain America uh, standing uh, tall and proud with his uh, pouches. Mm -hmm. And uh, off to his left, slightly behind him, is uh, Sharon Carter. Uh, And she's got a needle gun in one hand and her machine gun in the other. And so it is, uh, it's it's a real badass cover with a lot of action going on. It is. It's a very cool looking car. Nicely done. And back then, uh, two ninety nine got you a comic, Bob. It's hard to believe that two ninety nine was the good old days. Uh, right. I mean, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Wow, that seems like such a deal now. I know. Right? Right. I mean, cricket. So now we're in Lawrence, Kansas, and we have Crossbones and Cynthia Schmidt, but she goes by sin now and they are on a rampage going around um shooting people very violent and they're in a uh looks like a is that a bank yeah right i'm crossbones my girlfriend's known as sin we'll be your murderers today and they're just firing away and hitting people um, just killing you civilians really that are like no threat to them. You keep in score. Nope. Just having a good time. Well, I'm too ahead of you. Hey, I like it when you're on top. All right. Looks like our real fun's about to start because all of a sudden police cars show up. Want first shot this time? You know, I do Brock. And they get together and hug each other. That's my girl. Now, let's go fry some bacon. 
This is the police. Come out with your hands in plain sight. Happily. And they bust open the door. And she's in the front with the machine gun just firing away. And he's behind her. Now he's bigger, so she's not really in his way. And he's got two two forty fives, as you mentioned before, and they're just firing away. Uh, and it looks like she did a grenade launcher. She did. Yeah. She's got an under uh, under barrel grenade launcher on that yeah. bad boy. Yeah. And it goes and lands and hits uh, a police car through the back window. Incoming! And there's a big explosion, Bob. Whoa. Damn. You made those new grenades too strong. Let me nothing but table scraps here. What can I say? I just prefer wholesome destruction sometimes. And they're just firing away at people. And then she sees uh, a civilian, uh, a man with a, with a tie uh, and a dress shirt. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Hey, stop. And he just yells and he's screaming and he's running down an alley. And she shoots him in the back. Son of a beep. What's up? This supposedly innocent bystander here, I've recognized him. Poindexter looking guy like this. How could I forget? He was following us. Seen him at least twice since Wichita. And check out what's in the trunk of his car. Baby, this is just what I've been hoping we'd find out here. And what did they find, Bob? Oh my, it's an aim trooper's helmet. And the title to this is... Collision Courses, part one of two. One week later, and we see a shield um, airplane, right? Just a, an airplane, right? It's not a, like a fighter jet or anything. Right? Nope, transport. Yeah. And we see Sharon in her shield garb, looking mighty fine. How would you describe her garb, Bob? It is a skin-tight black, um, is it a unitard? What are those? I don't know what the, what do they call those? Uh, It's a body. That's not politically correct. (laughs) Don't cancel me, Rick. So uh, (laughs) it's, it's a, you know, one piece bodysuit, right? All that, Uh that shield skin-tight black material with, uh, with the white gloves and the white boots and mm-hmm. uh, the white holster, shoulder holster. And mm-hmm. of course, she's got the white utility belt with white pouches. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a really looks good. Yeah. Why, when you describe Cap, you don't say he's wearing a skin-tight uniform? <laughs> you never mention that about him. You're right. You're right. I don't. I'm going to start doing that from now. I'm going to make an effort to do that. Oh, uh, it wasn't my point, but okay. <laughs> So they're walking from the cockpit of the of, of thing, and he's got his mask down and the shield uh, strapped to his back. They just popped up on the radar last month with a vengeance. The red the red skull's daughter is loose. Why is this the first I'm hearing about it? Well, we didn't know who had broken her out for one thing. And you're not exactly the favorite son at Shield since Fury went AWOL. My new bosses aren't so thrilled about your new Avengers. Yeah. I'm not so thrilled about her. Your new bosses either, Sharon. Heh, join the club. Anyway, we've got a pattern here. They've been cutting a path across the heartland. Literally. Hit three towns in Kansas in the past three weeks. About 20 citizens killed. Twice as many wounded. 
then two days ago, Sin got her picture taken by a stoplight cam in Iowa. So I've been tasked to scout their route and see if I can head them off. The strike team will stay here on standby. And how did you get approval to bring me along if I'm persona non grata? Bob, what's persona non grata? Uh, that's somebody whose existence is not welcome. Do you know the uh, the interpretation of that? The Latin translation, yeah. uh, literally? Yeah. Um, person not welcome? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I, I always thought it was like, you know, the waiter who brings the cheese to your table. <laughs> You want them now. Persada now grata. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, would you would you like uh would you like uh parmesan on your salad? Yes, get the person uh grata over here. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. Makes sense. I'm hunting two supervillains. You're Captain America. Even Mariah Hill could hardly argue that point. Okay. Now why don't you tell me why I'm really here? Hold it, hold it, hold it. Is it Mariah? I don't know. Is it Maria? <laughs> I said, did I say Mariah? You did. I was like, all I want for Christmas <laughs> is you. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what we were going. I, I don't know. I always thought it was Maria Hill, but I'm, maybe well, you know, I mean, why don't we ask Colby Smothers? Yeah, I'd like to. All right. So we'll get back to what Cap was saying before I was so rudely interrupted. Okay. Now, why don't you tell me why I'm really here? Because I can't see you making ways with her just to get some backup. You know me too well, Steve. I intercepted a report from a little place called Pillsburg in Iowa. They had an explosion there last week with a suspect who disappeared. Bucky? Maybe. Yeah. Subscription was close enough that it seemed worth a look, at least. And Cap smiles. And then they leave to go to uh, another level of uh, this plane that they're on, which is bigger than I thought. But that is a cool panel right there, right? The uh, going down the stairwell? Yeah, isn't or, it? Yeah, as we call it, a ladder well. Okay. Yeah. It is. It's a big, big-ass aircraft that has a ladder well. Yeah, but look at the detail. Yeah. Like, like the fact that the, the way he laid it out it's very yeah. interesting, yeah. right? I mean, he could have shown this in, in so many different ways, yeah. but but the way Perkins did this with the stairwell and it's turning and then there's a, it's attached to a corner wall that has, you know, cinder blocks, it looks like, but then on over here on the left, there's a half wall with some lights that are protruding. Yeah. It's just an interesting layout. Yeah. That, and the perspective, right? Because you're- Exactly. It, the, the perspective is from the top- you know, like the landing at the top of the stairwell, looking down, and you can see that, you know, at the next landing, Sharon's there. And then, as you said, the staircase turns and, and, and caps on his way down to the next level. So it's a really, it's a realistic um, perspective. Very and, much and, so. And it all looks like you were looking at a photograph. Of one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And since this town is right in the path of Crossbones and Sin's Midwest hell trip, well, what my bosses don't know won't hurt them, right? Thank you. 
Don't thank me yet. I'm still not convinced he didn't kill himself six months ago inside that mountain in Virginia. This isn't the first time, Sharon. He was seen volunteering on the cleanup effort in Philadelphia. Supposedly. That was never verified. It was him. He was trying to make up, in some small way, for what the Winter Soldier did. I guess I'm just not as optimistic as you, Steve. But I know what this means to you. And that's why you're here. And, and in the meantime, they're going down to the hangar. And they're getting into one of the shield flying cars, right? Yeah. And then they, she gets behind the, the driver's, driver's wheel and he gets on the passenger side and he uh, flips his mask on and then they go out, go out of the back of the plane. And then, you know, the, the wheels on the, on these cars pop out and then, you know, go horizontal, right? So they're facing mm -hmm. down and there's like, you know, jet propulsions coming out of the wheels. Um, you know, th this is something from back in the 60s, but it's always still cool to see. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's been updated, obviously, and it looks great uh, the way it's rendered. And they're going into some place, looks like over in the mountains. And Cap, Cap says, and to lend a hand if we run into crossbones and sin. Hey. Having a super soldier on your side's got to be good for something, right? So then we cut to the sheriff department, and there is Sharon Carter talking to uh, the sheriff. Uh, I don't know if it's the sheriff, but somebody behind the desk. Deputy, yeah. Okay. Citizens arrest! Citizens arrest! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh. I just don't see why someone place like Shield would be interested, ma'am. Why don't you let me worry about that, deputy? Oh, I see now. That's where you got that from. Oh, yeah. Sure, it's just, I mean, it was just a car wreck. Guy smashes into the Brinker building and his engine blows. Sets the whole place on fire. Lucky, no one got killed. And Cap shows a picture of the Winter Soldier without his mask on. Is this the man? Didn't see him personally. But this looks like a, a bit like what he, what the witness said. His hair was shorter, though, if it's the same guy. Can we get a list of those witnesses and their addresses? Sure, I guess. But, but this fellow, he, he's not in town anymore. Stole a truck and tore off down the east road, last anyone saw. We're aware of that. The list of witnesses, please. Sure, just, just take a sec. So they leave, and they have... A lead. Getting late. You want to check into the hotel or start interviewing witnesses? Let's walk over and take a look at this crash site. Sure, but we should start thinking about dinner pretty soon. So they get there. And uh, what, are you, what are you smiling and shaking your head for there, Bob? You kidding me? In that shield uh, one piece? I'd be like, yeah, let's go check out that room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the witnesses are wait. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, they each got something on their mind. Right. You know? So they get to the crash site. And, and by the way, Steve's in his civilians, right? Okay. Are you thinking the same thing I am? Like, how the hell does a town this small start reconstructing a burned down building this quickly? Yeah. 
And it's more than that. Just look at this place. There's no factory, no economy to speak of, but it's doing pretty well for small town America in the 21st century. Something's going on here. Definitely. It's no coincidence Buck was here. And then we cut to the hotel, the lady behind the counter. And how many nights would that be? Just one for now. Will there be a problem if you need to stay longer? No, we generally have rooms available. Just let me know in the morning. Sure. And that's two rooms or a suite? Two rooms, please. I'm sorry, that, that picture there. Who is that? Oh, that's the previous owner and his wife. Taken in the 1950s, I believe. What is it, Steve? Not sure. Maybe nothing. Well, let's drop off our stuff and get something to eat. I'm famished. So then they make it over nighttime to Terry's Tavern. Mm, I heard it's good. Yeah, they're sitting at the bar in their civvies. Just don't think you can call it the world's greatest hamburger if it's less than a quarter pound. It was a really good burger. So world's greatest snack then. That I could see. Does anyone at S.H.I.E.L.D. know about this burger obsession? Well, I do get a complete psych evaluation every year. And then... Is she flirting with him? I was just thinking that, Rick. That is like the quintessential flirty pose, right? She's playing with her hair. She's leaning in, smiling. At, oh, Steve, you're so funny. She's pulling back the hair. Yeah. 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 And then the, the bartender's like, get you folks another round? Sure. And I wonder if we could ask you a few questions too, Mr. Irving, about the incident last week downtown. You cops? Not exactly. She flashes the shield badge. Shield? What, uh, what's a car wreck got to do with shield? Why don't you tell me? Nothing to tell. Told the deputies all I know, and I better get back to work now. And so, Steve and Sharon are leaving. He's lying. What gave it away? The flop sweat or the rapid eye movements? The not charging us. And then, uh, out of nowhere, a stranger comes up. Big man's right, babe. They're all lying. Some big cover-up, whole thing. And what do you know about it? Wasn't no car wreck, explosion, that building down. What was it? Craziest thing I ever saw, even in Pillsbury, which is, you know, saying something. Because this place... Woo! Maybe we better sit down and you can fill us in, Mr. Jackson. Carl Jackson, babe. You can call me Carly, though. All right, Carly. Illuminate us. So this was what? Like Wednesday night, right? Was the middle of the night. And I was on my way to see a man about a horse, if you know what I mean. And suddenly the whole place starts shaking. And it sounds like thunder or something. Thought it was an earthquake, but I get out to the street and it, it's just, it's craziness. There's like this huge metal spire looking thing. And, and some guy looks like he, he's like beating it up, even though it's way bigger than him. But this crazy guy, he won't let go of it. Just keeps bashing it with his arm of his. Looks like it's, it's made out of metal too. And it's got some glowing red star on it. And every time he bashes this thing, the star shines red for a second. Like some kind of 
special effect. But whatever he's doing, it works because this spider thing goes like all nuts. Like it's starting to short out. And then it crashes in some building and just blows up. And this crazy guy, he just he just disappears into the smoke and fire. Like it's no big deal at all. And you're telling me you were the only one witness to this? No, a bunch of people saw it. They're just keeping their mouths shut. It's what people around here are like, I guess. But old Carly, I ain't from here. So what I care about their secrets. And then they, Steve and Sharon get up and she hands him some money. You should, Carly. What people keep secret tells you who they are. And this one's telling me you better get yourself out of town. ASAP. And don't tell anyone you talk to us until you do. Huh? So Sharon and Steve are out in the street. Okay, this place is officially moved to the top of my suspicious list. Bucky fighting a giant metal spider? What do you think about that? I mean, this guy wasn't the most reliable witness, but, uh, Steve? And Steve got a big smile on his face. And she's like, basically like, why are you smiling like that? And Steve just says, he's alive. And then he, next panel, he picks her up and holds her up in the air and he's smiling. He's alive. What? Hey, he's alive. And then he kisses her. Hey, are you drunk? I don't get drunk. I can't. I'm just happy. He's alive, Sharon. And, and he was here a week ago. And I thought you never had a doubt. Guess there's a difference between hoping and knowing. So, you planning to kiss me again? I was considering it. It's never worked out for us, Steve. Tonight, I'm an optimist. And they kiss. This doesn't mean anything. Everything means something. You're infuriating. And then they embrace and they kiss. And then we cut to, a little later, the full moon is out. We cut to the room, and there's the two of them cuddling in bed. And they're not wearing any clothes. But they are sleeping, and, and Steve's having dreams, and he's having dreams of World War II. He and Bucky there. Uh, and then he has a dream where he sees Sharon, and he's kissing her. But then the dream cuts to Bucky kissing a woman. And then the Red Skull's there, and we get to see the face of the woman. And Red Skull and Cap are battling, and the woman is missing Bucky. And he wakes up, and then he says, that picture, it can't be. And he sits up. But there's three little glowy dots on the cover that all of a sudden go to his chest. What the hell? Sharon, it's a trap. And he wakes her up. And there's, who's there, Bob? Oh my gosh, Rick, it's three AIM agents. Yeah, yeah. And they're wearing the little, the, the yellow uniforms with the, the beehive hats, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have weapons, but one of them is aimed at Cap's chest, but the other two are kind of holding them up in the air. And... Sharon pulls out a pistol. Got you covered, Steve. And he just goes and he starts punching him and kicking him and making short work of them. 
and she stands over one of them with a pistol on her. Don't make a move. Wait, wait. This isn't what we came here for. Talk now. It's not what you think. We uh, we need your help. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my goodness. Sharon's like, what? I think that's the same expression that the guy who was laying on the floor while Sharon had her foot on his chest wearing that, <laughs> that nighty. Oh, right. Yeah. I think he was like, what? Yeah. He's got the uh, dash cam. What is the body cam? <laughs> I don't know uh, what the hell. Record All, right. Body cam. All right. Let's just get to the next uh, issue. Okay. All right. Now this is, apparently this is during civil war because uh, we are getting uh, a little promo teaser up in the corner, Bob. And it says, Whose side are you on? May 3rd, 2006. I got to tell you, Civil War, one of the top sellers in my comic book store back when I had that. It was oh, huge. I bet. I huge bet. seller. Yeah. Yeah. So many, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, they had spinoffs, right? I mean, uh, one shots and uh, they really milked the hell out of that one. But it was such a great story. Um. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those uh, major, you know, um, what do they call them, Rick? God, I'm losing my memory tonight. You know, I got to tell, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm going on this trip this weekend, Rick, and I got a text, oh, yeah? today. I got a text today and uh, from, you know, two, two guys I was in the Marine Corps. Now, you know, I have a bad memory, terrible memory, terrible. Yes. And, and I so know. We they, all know Bob. Yeah. They text me and they're like, Hey, uh, Another guy that we served with, we all served with, lives near there. And it would be cool if we invited him for dinner. Uh And I'm like, who? And so they sent me his name. I have no recollection whatsoever of this individual. They're like, it's Lou. And I'm like, no idea who you're talking about. So one, I'm like, well, that sucks. Like, I I really don't know who this person is. Uh, Wow. Yeah. Right. So. So when I'm like struggling to come up with a word here, like what the hell crossover event? What do they call those things? Yeah. It's, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I can't remember stuff. Anyway, long story short, great story. Civil war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, great, great story. Mm. Clever, clever and original. Okay. I'm going to combine two different things here. And I think one listener might get it. So you just said, great story, great, 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 great story. And then earlier, you were talking about sandwiches, right? (laughs) Now, there is a quote, me and my buddies from back in high school used to to quote a music video. And I want to say it was Phil Collins. Is it Susu Studio? Susu Studio, right. Yeah. And I think it's that. But anyway, um. Phil Collins is talking to a music producer about, you know, hey, you know, do you like this song? And it's like this big fat guy, white yeah. guy, you know, and he's holding, he's got a, he's he's just eating food, right? He's got a sandwich right. in his hand. Yeah. And he says, he says to Phil, you know, he's like, he goes, what do you think of the song? And he's like, great, great sandwich. <laughs> and he just takes another bite out of the sandwich. And, and and so of course the whole sandwich thing and the great 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 combined we remember that and me and my buddies like we're the only ones that probably know 
you know, but we used to quote that all the time. Like <laughs> we would say something to somebody and you're like, yo, Hey, that was a lot of fun. What'd you think? It was great. Great sandwich. <laughs> please, please. If you're listening, if you're listening and you are in the Facebook group, please post a comment and, and let me know. I can't be the only one that remembers that quote from that, that music video. I want to be looking up that video uh, later tonight on YouTube. I think it was Susu Studio, but it was definitely a Phil Collins song. I can't remember because he was like, he was like, uh, uh, you know, who's the guitarist? And he was like, oh, Daryl Sturmer. So maybe it wasn't Susu Studio. Hmm. Because I don't remember Susu Studio having a a great guitar solo. All right. I can't. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm going to actually have text my friends now. I have to be like, (laughs) what video was that again? All right, Bob. So tell us about the cover to issue 17. All right. So another fabulous cover uh very busy right um i think another steve epting cover so uh background first right the left side of the uh, page uh looks to be um sort of a, a map overlaid of a, of a city skyline and it's really dark so you can you can really tell you can barely tell the the um the, the skyline in the background but but you can tell that there's a bunch of concentric red circles and lines. And so there's some sort of map targeting going on here. And then on the right side, you see the profile of, of Captain America and uh, Sharon Carter. Uh, and it's a dark sky in the background with helicopters. But in the foreground, you have, once again, crossbones and, uh, and sin, uh, armed to the teeth. And uh, it's, it's, I love sin in this one in particular because uh she uh she looks like you what was that pippi longstocking remember pippi oh, longstocking yeah, yeah right? she, had the, she has the freckles yeah yeah she had the freckles and the long ponytail but her hair was red and sin looks like uh looks like an evil pippi longstocking of course she doesn't have the long um ponytails but she's got it sort of in a shag and uh but she's got the freckles and the red hair and she just looks maniacal yeah totally yeah. Uh, and we did, when we had Mike Perkins on before, um, I remember talking to him about the design of this character, Sin. Mm-hmm. And like he he showed a whole bunch of different like designs that he came up with. And it's ultimately obviously the one that they went with. Um, but yeah, there's so much detail in the boots. All right. So that's now the cover date of June 2006. Same creative team as before. Brubaker, Perkins, Diarmata, Karamanga, Brevoort. So we pick up where we left off and Steve and Sharon, who are, let's just say underdressed in their bedroom, talking to the three hive agents. You want to repeat that? We need your help. And I'll I'll read this synopsis real quick. Previously in Captain America... The Red Skull's right-hand man, Crossbones, has been on a rampage since the Skull's apparent death, joined by the Skull's vicious daughter, Sin. Captain American Shield Agent 13, his one-time girlfriend, have been sent into a small Iowa town to head them off. But they also have another reason for being there. A week ago, a man matching Bucky's description was seen battling a robotic creature that destroyed a building in the center of town. And on top of this, Cap and Sharon now appear to have stumbled into some kind of AIM trap. AIM stands for... Advanced Idea Mechanics. Yes, indeed. And the title to this one is... Collision Courses Part 2. Of two. Both of you, we're all going to be in a lot of trouble. See, I told you this town was weird. Clearly. 
All right, explain. Why do you need our help? Because she she's from S.H.I.E.L.D., and you're, you're Captain America. Generally not the people you run to. So why? It's Crossbones and some crazy girl. They're taking over our lab. Right. Let's move. You can fill us in on the details on the way. And then here are the details, Bob. You probably figured by now that P Pillsburg isn't the average small town. Since the early 90s, it's been run by an underground AIM research cell. Literally. Our facility runs under most of the downtown area. And the local officials are either scared into silence or on our payroll. And, and that's how it was for years. We do our research and the town prospers. But then last week, some super agent broke into our lab. He destroyed several key prototypes, as well as taking out one of our own buildings in town. It's all been going to hell since just before the Red Skull got killed. Various branches of AIM breaking off and, and taking our research with them. And how does this lead to Crossbones taking over your lab exactly? One of our field agents was following him, waiting for him to, to contact the group that now, now calls itself RAID, R-A-I-D, which is, stands for Radically Advanced Ideas and Destruction. And apparently, our agent's cover got blown. Well, I'm assuming, because all I know is two nights ago, we got broken into again. But this time, it was different. Crossbones and the girl, this psychotic freak, they somehow gained access to our main tunnel and they just, well, we're scientists, not soldiers, as, as you well know. So you caved, is what you're saying. Not all of us. I hid. So did my friends. The guy you guys you left back at your hotel. And what did you see that said running for help? Well, they opened the vault. They saw devices there that could level a city block if used correctly. And if used incorrectly, well, they aren't the kind of things you want in the wrong hands. And when I saw the look on their faces when they opened that vault especially on that girl's face, it sent a chill right through me. Look, Brock, some new toys, finally. We managed to sneak topside later and heard about you being in town. The entrance is right behind there? Yeah. Okay, move in. Stealth protocol. And she talks into her wrist and then coming from up above are a bunch of shield agents coming down cables whoa and then we cut to Brock and or well crossbones and sin in the aim security room watching all the monitors seeing the shield agents coming down the cable. Well, what did I tell you? Did I disagree? It's a good plan. Just don't you go getting hung up on Captain America. We're here for a reason. Remember that. Oh, I'll remember. Just don't stop me from having my fun. Is that even possible? No. You idiots know what to do? Yes, sir. That get to it. So, who are these people, Bob? Because they look like AIM scientists, but they're they they have weapons. Do you think that he's commanding the AIM scientists, or do you think he 
brought his own people and they put on AIM uniforms? Like, yeah. Does he have people? My instinct is that these are not AIM scientists, that like they're folks wearing AIM uniforms of the folks that they probably massacred. Okay. You're about to be invaded by S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's make it look good. So I guess they're uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Cap and Sharon are there with that one AIM scientist who is punching a code into a computer on a wall. You want to go over this once more? We go through this door. Then we should be safe until the next door, about 40 feet down. That one opens into the main complex. Okay, then once you get this door open, two of my men will take you to a holding cell on our hovercraft. Oh, I, I, I was hoping... And then he opens this door, and as soon as the door opens, he gets shot in the head. Ah, oh, the luck. He's like the stormtrooper, uh, uh, you know, right. in, in A New Hope, <laughs> you know, going uh. onto Princess Leia's ship. Oh. By the way, there is a really cool story. So back when Dark Horse owned the rights to Star Wars uh, mm -hmm. stories, they had an anthology, and I can't remember the name of it, if it was like Star Wars uh, something, but it was an anthology, and it was a whole bunch of short stories. One of them, I think it was written by, was it Garth Ennis? I always get Garth Ennis and another writer mixed up. Garth Brooks? No, no, no. no, it was, no he didn't have any friends in little places. Okay. It was, um, I can't remember. Anyway, but it's a really cool story where you see a person, a guy, who gets recruited to join the Empire and he trains to be a stormtrooper. Yeah. And he he wanted this his whole life. He finally yeah. gets there. He's training. He's working. He's doing all the right things. And then the end of the story ends with him being on the very first stormtrooper who comes through the door on Princess Leia's ship yeah. and he gets shot and just dies. I love it. <laughs> it was like, oh, it was. It was brilliant. I wish that's a brilliant, I was... that's a brilliant concept. Yeah. Yeah. So Cap sees the uh the aim soldier get or aim scientist get shot in the head and, and he's a little too late. Look out. And then the the bullets start flying right and then the shield agents are firing cap's putting his shield up move people now go 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 and there's machine guns bob <laughs> and sharon says to steve they let him come out and find us yeah they set him up and his friends up i should have seen it i should have too well keep safe you too and cap just charges towards them and they're firing, but he's just charging. And uh, Crossbones is there. Get them, you sons of bleep. And Cap throws his shield and it hits, a, hits an agent and bounces off and almost hits Crossbones, but he ducks. Hold them as long as you can. They retreat down both sides here to divide them. You're leaving? Gotta make sure Sin's on target. There's more firing, Bob. 
So we cut to where Sin is with a AIM scientist, and she's got a gun to his face. And then behind her and them is probably looks like, I don't know, like nine or ten of these dark clad um soldiers of some sort. You know, they have they have their masks on their face show nothing, no eyes, no mouth, nothing. Just to make them work, idiot. It takes a moment for them to boot up. I'm not too much talking. And she shoots him in the head. And then just that point, the the soldiers that were behind her kick on. Modak squad activated. Hostile target engaged. Hostile? Oh, damn. And she starts running away from them and firing. Subdue, hops out, subdue, hostile target, protect, aim. And she's just firing. I, I like this because she's running away, but she's got her left hand like over her shoulder, just blindly firing. It's, a, it's kind of like a fun pose. It doesn't work. Yeah. Brock, help! Damn, girl, what'd you do? I got impatient with one of the yellow suits. You and that itchy trigger finger. They're coming. They're right behind us. Perfect timing. They can fight these freaking things then. Come on, move. And so from one end of the corridor, you have these MODOK uh, agents, soldiers. And then from the other end, you have the AIM filing in, being chased by Cap and, and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And all of a sudden... Crossbones and Sin and the uh, the AIM scientists, they all duck out the side, like a secret passage. And so that leaves the MODOK agents versus the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. What are these things? MODOK squad. Hive mind military units. I think they used to be people. But now they're just weapons. Aim for their heads. And he puts his shield up as they're firing at him. And then he just goes into them and just starts ripping through them. We'll handle this. Morgan, take two men and secure that vault. And watch your back. On it. Cap gets punched. But then he uh, he ducks and he kicks. Not today. And then this next panel, he throws. It's really cool, Bob, because I don't think I've ever seen this before. We've all seen Cap with his shield getting fired on. And we've all seen Cap throwing his shield. But I personally don't recall ever seeing a shield mid-motion during a throw being fired on and still deflecting as it's rotating and spinning and flying. Have you? Um, I, I can't recall, but you're right. This is a, this is a fabulous panel because it's got uh, two motions, right? It's got the motions of the <clears throat> of the bullets. And the motion of the shield itself shortly after it's been released in the air. So yeah. it's, it's pretty neat. And then it hits um, one of them and reflects and then goes to the next one. And the guy catches it. <gasps> Is that possible? And then Cap just goes in and punches punches the uh, thing and decks it out. And then Sharon says, and, and the battle's over. Sharon says to Steve, you know, all these years, you've never told me how you do that. What? 
dodge bullets. Oh, that's nothing. I just see faster. You see faster and that's nothing? I have mentioned how infuriating you are, right? Several times recently. Just checking. Field leader to all teams. Update status. East wing cleared. All AIM personnel in custody. Interior tunnels cleared, ma'am. Five AIM agents in custody. What about the vault? What's the status? Agent Morgan, are you there? Agent 13? Yes, Agent Cotton. What's the damage? Five agents wounded, two killed in action, and one missing in action. Missing? Yes, ma'am. One of the men who was with Agent Morgan. All right. Put a call into the hair carrier. Have them activate his GPS. If he's alive, we'll find him. Yes, ma'am. Right away. They don't take anything from the vault, but they kidnap one of my men? It doesn't add up. Nothing about this place adds up. Actually, there's one thing that does. I think I know why Bucky was here. And a few hours later, we cut to this, you know, far out and past the suburbs into the country area. And there's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a log cabin, but it's a, seems like a slightly dilapidated, you know, um, home in the, in the woods. And we see Steve and Sharon in their civvies being greeted by a woman inside the house. Sorry to bother you, Miss Tomlin. Please call me Betty. Everyone does. They told us at the Pillsburg Inn that you were the daughter of the previous owner. Yes, Mom and Dad ran the inn a long time ago. Your mother was Gretchen Zeller before she was married your father. And she's from Germany? Yes. I'm sorry, what is this about? We're not the only people to ask about your mother recently, are we? No, there was someone a little over a week ago. Was it this man? And he holds the same photo up. Yes, uh, only his hair was different, shorter. He seemed like a nice enough man, but I think he was a little out of his tree, if you know what I mean. Because he said he knew your mother a long time ago? How, how did you... What is this about? Who are you people? I knew your mother too, Betty. We fought together once. And he opens up his shirt. And what's underneath, Bob? Oh, man. you He's got his his uniform on underneath. And that big old star is, uh, is visible. Oh, my. She never talked about the war. But sometimes an old movie would come on the TV and she'd get distant, quiet. Dad said she lost a lot of people she cared about back there. Her father was killed by the Nazis. She was a resistance fighter and brave as hell. My friend, the man you visited you, he loved her. Yes, you could see that in his eyes. Like I said, I, I thought he must have been confused. This is important. Did he say anything about where he was headed or what plans he had? I, I don't believe so. I, I'm sorry. It was an odd visit. He just wanted to know where mom was buried. Said he wanted to pay his respects before it was too late. So then Sharon and Steve are driving away. And Sharon looks at Steve. What? 
It's a little convenient, isn't it? Bucky tracks down the girl he used to love and stumbles over an aim cell. Yeah, and how exactly would he track someone who immigrated to the U.S. in the late 40s and changed her name? He's got to have connections around the globe. Through his work for Lucan? But I don't see them helping him with this. So what then? Someone steered him to this town. Someone who knew what it would mean to him. And who's that? There's only one person it could be. Fury. What? Nick's underground, Steve. We both know that doesn't mean he's sitting on his hands, wherever he is. And it's the only thing that makes sense. Fury somehow gets word to Bach that he'll find his answers about Gretchen here, knowing that if he spent any time in the town, he'd realize what it really was. It may have been a test on Nick's part. That does sound like Nick, working all the angles. So what do you think he meant by before it's too late? I think he's going to try to kill Lucan for what they did to him. And I don't think he plans to survive the attack. And then we cut to back in the, you know, the dungeon area that we remember seeing Sin, Cynthia before. And it's this time it's a, it's a man tied to a chair with his shirt off and his shoes off. And he's uh, being tortured. And it sounds like it's probably the shield agent, right? And he, he begs for mercy. Went to a lot of trouble to get our hands on you, S.H.I.E.L.D. man. Now, tell us, who killed the Red Skull? I don't know who pulled the trigger, but man who ordered it, heard them talk about him, runs a corporation called Cronus. His name is, is Lucan. See, was that so hard? And then he snaps the man's neck. What do you say, girl? And then Sin's there. I say we find this Lucan beep and show him a good time. Our way. The end. Wow. Yeah. All right, Bobbert. What'd you think of the story? I'll tell you what I think, Rick. Mama. Craig! Great sandwich. So you ride right. <laughs> what, what song was it? Great, great sandwich. Don't lose my number. My oh, Collins. that was the first song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am so pleased that you found that. Yeah, that does take me back. I remember it now for sure. Yeah, having watched it. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like a good sandwich, Rick. <laughs> and nothing like a good cap story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is one of them. I'm glad we did this one um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, art's great. Writing's great. Uh, it's compelling. It's realistic, which I like. You know, I know a lot of folks aren't really into that. They want more superhero stuff. Um, this is gritty. And uh, but it's a, it's a great story. It's it's quintessential uh, Brubaker. And um, and I like what they've done with, uh, you know, Crossbones in Sin here. I like, um, you know, mm-hmm. they are um, an evil couple. Um, it has a, a little bit of a feel of a, like a Harley Joker sort of thing going on. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. You know? Um, 
Uh, and I like that. I think that makes them a really compelling um, duo of villains for, for Cap and Sharon. Way back in episode nine, when we did top 10 villains not named the Red Skull, didn't both of these make the top 10? I know Crossbones did, but did Sin make it as well? I think she did. You know, she she did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because we, we did go on to talk about what happened after um, after this. Oh, yeah. The whole... Right? Yeah, where she fool and yeah, you know, where she got the red. Stuff. She actually ended up having a red skull face, right? Yeah, yeah, and then became yeah. a a big villain against uh, Sam Wilson's Captain America. Right. Yeah. Although yeah. I got to tell you, I'm not so excited about the whole red skull thing on her. I I kind of liked the fact that she looked like a really you know attractive young. Pippi Longstocking with short hair with freckles. You got something for Pippi Longstocking. I, 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 I used to I'm, watch that damn movie over and over and over again with my I, son. I bet you. You know? Yeah, we did. And and now I, I still watch again. it. Yeah, I still yeah. watch it uh, when I can. Uh-huh. And, um, but and anyway, I like that. I like the dichotomy of, of looking that way and yet being so vicious and brutal and you know um, deadly maybe that's why she has those really really long boots because it's like a long stocking <laughs> right yeah that could be it yeah mm -hmm. My, your mind is like it's like a steel trap you know I mean, <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful uh, thing yeah. it's a beautiful I, mind I, Fred, thank you all right. Would you think you like the story, Rick? I did. I did. I, I think uh, I, as I already mentioned, I what I really liked about the fact that he Brubaker brought back uh, Cynthia Schmidt in a really cool way. Um, I really enjoyed the various elements that are being weaved together for during the story. And that's just typical of Ed Brubaker. And, and I think what, what made so such so interesting and, and, and how everything got, you know, the plots got weaved together and finding different clues. And, um, but I also, I, I really enjoyed seeing the spark between Sharon and Steve happen again. You know, we take that for granted, right? Because they've been together for such a quite, quite a long time. But there was a part, a point where, where they were not an item, they were not together. And, you know, here we are. In, in volume five and we finally get to see them together as a couple and uh you know so that's cool too I so yeah you know th yeah. that's something we don't we'll like if you just took this three parts story and and you're like oh well they're always together it's not a big deal no this was a big deal back then yeah no I agree 100 percent um you know, we, I think it's also I mean we forget how much Brubaker contributed to the development of, of um, Bucky's character, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because until he came back, I mean, he was very two-dimensional. And Oh, yeah. I mean, Brubaker has added, uh, in Volume 5 in particular, so much to his backstory. I mean, really created, you know, an entire character where before it was really just very minimal development. Mm -hmm. Um and that's that's really interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bob. So you go first for favorite panel. What is going to be your favorite panel from these three issues? Oh, man, it's so tough. Rick. There's so many good ones, you know, um, 
but I got to tell you, I really like the, there's, there's, there's two pages in um, issue 16. You know, I can't remember the page numbers, but it's not the last page, but it's the two prior one. You know, they're full page splashes. Remember those? And um, uh, one, one features like Cap and Bucky and, and this uh, Zeller girl that Bucky was involved with during the uh -huh. war. And the second one um, has, has uh, the Red Skull. And mm -hmm. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm having a hard time picking between those two. Uh, I, I may go with the Red Skull one because I, I really, that, that page has so many interesting features to it. And, and I love a good Red Skull splash page. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So that would be uh, issue 16 and that would be page 20. That's it. So, yeah. and it, it's a large panel. It's a half, yeah. it's almost over a half page splash. So that is what you're going with there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting um, choice. How about yourself? How about myself, Bob? Uh, I'm going to go with issue 17. So the one we just finished. Right. I'm going to go with page 14. And I'm going to go with that first panel. The one I I mentioned, where he's throwing the the shield, and the shield is getting fired on, so it's still deflecting mm. bullets, even though it's not like he's not using the shield to deflect bullets. He's throwing the shield, but he's doing it in an angle in such a way to deflect the bullets because he can see, as his as we pointed out here, that he can see faster than than most people. Um, so he threw the shield to deflect the bullets. Uh, that's that's a first for me, and I thought that's a really cool panel. That's my favorite how you, panel. How do you see faster? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, you're you're talking to a man who has bifocal contacts that still needs readers over top of his bifocal contacts. Well, I, guess I would it, never know what it's like to see faster. I guess maybe the 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 nerve impulses move from his optic lenses to his brain uh, and get processed faster. I guess that's what he's saying. Sure. Right. Because light moves the same speed for everybody. So. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right. That, that's good. All right. I like that. How about, uh, how about t-shirt worthy? T-shirt worthy is the same issue two pages prior. Oh. So I'm going to go with at the very bottom. Damn, Rick. Where he's, <laughs> he's, he's leaning forward with the shield. Yeah. And he's gotten fired on. And you could just see like maybe, maybe 20% of the, his face. You just see his right eye and he's hiding behind the shield as he's getting fired on with four different bullet ricochets. And he just says, aim for their heads. Now put that on a t-shirt, my man. All right. All right. All right. All right. Something all tells right. me that was going to be yours. Yeah, that was going to be mine. That was going to be mine, but I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to go with my backup plan. So I'm going to go, this is, this is a, an unorthodox choice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got a red skull t-shirt. I'm not, I'm not above wearing uh, bad guys or bad girls on my, on my mm. attire. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go, um, I think it's, maybe it's, let's see, page seven, maybe. What issue? Uh, same issue, 17 bottom mm -hmm. panel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the one where, um, you know, they've got the, all the aim agents lined up with, uh, with, with their weapons, right? Uh -huh. But it's the bottom panel where you see all the aim agents in the background and then you see uh, 
you see crossbones and sin and, and crossbones is saying you're about to be invaded by shield. Let's make it look good. Mm-hmm. That's I good. think that would be kind of a cool t-shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I like that panel. And she, right. looks, she looks like, you know, like he just told her, like he's taking her to Disney World. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. All right. What about what's going in your your time capsule, Bob? Well, I'm going to go with, uh, you, you remember that that first issue, issue 15, and in the first mm-hmm. four uh, four first four pages mm-hmm. are the newsreel and then and then we get to the you know the opening page of uh, the story with um, red is uh, the darkest color true and uh and, and and crossbones is standing behind that um movie projector you son of a bitch i'm gonna go with the movie projector rich uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch because <laughs> um yeah i think yeah movie projector ah yeah takes me back that was the only thing in, in the three issues I could find that were really? anything remotely, you know, if going you to had, be... if, if you had picked that, if you had gone first and picked that, I definitely would have gone with the flying car. Yeah, um, but that's, that was debuted in the 1960s. How is that going to tell you what time period you're in? Well, I know, but it's a callback to, uh, you know, the 1960s, which I think is neat. I mean, you know, the fact that, the fact that they could have made it a much more, they could have made it a Quinjet, right? They could have done something super, you know, futuristic. But mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, I'm a big James Bond fan. Used yeah, we love... heard that. We we know that, Bob. Right, yeah, and you, so, don't have, you don't have to say that every episode. Yeah, yeah, and so that's very James Bond like, right? And of course, you only live twice, and uh, all those great Bond films. That James Bond season. never had a flying car, Bob. I know, but he had that little flying helicopter from You Only Live Twice. Um, that little one person helicopter. And so I, you know, I think, I think of like the 1960s when I see something like that and the fact mm-hmm. that they didn't really update it, you know, I mean, it's nicely illustrated here, but <clears> it's not really, you know, it's not like it was a 1990s car flying, right? It still looked true. like a 1960s vintage car flying. It's true. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it totally was, it was a sweet, sweet looking car, sweet looking ride. So I know. All right. My time capsule, Bob, I'm going to go with the first four pages that had everything in black and white. It was a newsreel. <laughs> well, those were great pages though. Yeah, they really were. Yeah. yeah they were yeah. awesome pages. Since I wonder took, who owns those bad boys. Since you took mine, I'm going to have to just, yeah. I'm going to have to. Anyone you know? No, I, I've never seen them. I've yeah. never seen them uh, available for, for sale. Yeah. All right, Bob, that was a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, we can't wait to talk to the artist of these three issues um, next episode, Mike Perkins is going to join the show and uh, we're going to catch up with him on what's been going on with him. Plus we have some new questions for him that we didn't get a chance to ask last time, but if anybody wants to, you know, I guess prepare for next episode, go back and listen to episode 23. So that was uh, when we had Mike Perkins on the show it came out in April, so it's it's quite frankly been two years since we talked to him. So he's he's overdue, and uh, apparently he's forgotten that he's been on the show and and uh, <laughs> that he dealt with us knuckleheads. Yeah. So we should ask him the same exact questions. <laughs> he really should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what when you said last time. Gotcha. Yeah. When you say differently, should we have accents? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. What accent are you going to go with, Bob? Oh, I, woo, I think I'm going to go with uh, like a, maybe a, 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 an island accent, man. Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. No. <laughs> Come on, Bob. Let's no, hear it. No, I, 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 all the me. listeners are right now. Oh, going, I can't put me on a Do spot. it. I do don't, it. I don't have do the capacity do to, it. to do it on the fly, man. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it'll be great next week talking to Mike. So, Bob, as always, it has been a ton of fun wrapping cap with you. Can't wait to next week, Rick. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. You have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast. Thank you.